So there it is. The presidential election of 1968 was the last election in which I was ineligible to vote. I was 20. You needed to be 21. These were the choices. The Republicans were offering Richard Nixon and Spiro T. Agnew, who said, The student now goes to college to proclaim rather than to learn. The lessons of the past are ignored and obliterated in a contemporary antagonism known as the generation gap. A spirit of national masochism prevails, encouraged by an effete core of impudent snobs who characterize themselves as intellectuals. Hey, does this ascot make my neck look like a pencil? The Democrats were represented by Hubert Humphrey and Edmund Muskie. The American Independent Party gave us George Wallace and General Curtis LeMay, who said, Doesn't make much difference to me if I have to go to war and get killed in the jungle of Vietnam with a rusty knife or get killed with a nuclear weapon. As a matter of fact, if I had a choice, I'd lean towards a nuclear weapon. I don't know about you, but I'm hoping he'd be alone in the jungle, what with collateral damage and all. You could also vote for Dick Gregory and Mark Lane from the Freedom and Peace Party, but it was a write-in option, and I wouldn't cast my vote for a ticket that had absolutely no chance of winning. My dad and I had discussed the election, and he was glad I couldn't vote. He said, your vote will just cancel out mine. It's been a long, long night, but at long last we have a conclusion and Richard Nixon as the president-elect of these United States. The election has just been decided, but here's how the popular vote looks with 88% of all the precincts reporting in. Nixon leads, not by a great deal, 28 million and 73,000 votes for Nixon, the Republican candidate. Hubert Humphrey, the Democratic candidate, second with 27,710,000, and George Wallace, third, with almost 9 million votes. I'm sure you know that I have already called uh, uh, Mr. Nixon, expressed to him our congratulations. And I've sent the following telegram just a few moments ago to Mr. Nixon. It reads as follows. According to unofficial returns, you are the winner in this election. My congratulations. Please know that you will have my, my support in unifying and leading the nation. This has been a difficult year for the American people. I'm confident that constructive leaders of both our parties join together now. We shall be able to go on with the business of building the better America we all seek in the spirit of peace and harmony, signed Hubert H. Humphrey. And I do wish for Mr. Nixon the most success of any president in the history of our country. And I sincerely hope that he can unify the people of our nation because I'm an American and I want his administration to be highly successful. I saw many signs 
in this campaign. Some of them were not friendly. Some were very friendly. Uh, but the one that touched me the most was one that I saw in Dexter, Ohio, at the end of a long day of whistle-stopping. A teenager held up the sign, bring us together. And that will be the great objective of this administration at the outset, to bring the American people together. This will be an open administration, open to new ideas, open to men and women of both parties. We want to bridge the generation gap. We want to bridge the gap between the races. We want to bring America together. And I am confident that this task is one that we can undertake and one in which we will be successful. Not that it makes any difference, but I've come to regret that my vote didn't cancel out my dad's. In any event, Spiro Tiagnu resigned his office on October 10, 1973, having pled no contest to tax evasion in 1967. Less than a year later, on August the 9th, 1974, Richard Nixon becomes the first president in history to resign his office. 